This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. We're thrilled today to be joined by a great leader. We've got Dr. Pam Oliver with us. Dr. Oliver is both the Executive Vice President at Novant and President of the Novant Physician Group. She has had a magnificent career. Thrilled to have her on. Dr. Oliver, can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you today, Scott, and thanks for having me. Um, so, as you mentioned, I'm an um, executive with Novant Health. Um, I'm actually a, in North Carolina, based in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I was born um, and raised in the eastern part of the state in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, um, and then went to UNC Chapel Hill, so I'm a Tar Hill, for undergraduate medical school and a degree in public health. Um, before landing in Winston-Salem for my training, I'm an obstetrician gynecologist and have been in the area for 20 years um, since I came here for training. Um, and so, you know, over the years, have been in various roles as a physician leader within Novant Health um, until I have had the pleasure two years ago to take this role as executive vice president, um, one of two physicians on our um, executive team, and leader over our Novant Health medical group or physician network. Um, and so, have the pleasure of leading a very strong, um, collaborative, um, high-quality medical group of 2,700 um, physicians and APPs across our footprint. And let me ask you a question. When I look at, when I look you up and do some review, you have these remarkable patient satisfaction reviews and what people say about you as a physician, truly glowing comments and so forth. Now you're leading a group of 2,700 physicians. Is it easier to serve patients well, or is it easier to serve physicians well? And what are some of the differences in trying to lead work with patients versus work with physicians? Well, that's a great question. I, I don't know that either, either is easier. I'd say they both um, come with their own challenges. Um, you know, one of the things that I discovered a long time ago, and I think one of my strengths is to be able to engage in conversation and connect with people regardless of their background and who they are. Um, and so I am a relationship builder and I, I value conversation and perspective. And so as I am one-on-one -on -one with my patients, you know, I start with developing that relationship and understanding where they're coming from and what's important for them. And I've, you know, learned over time those things that help me to um, leverage that and to help them understand that I care. They, you know, there's a quote that says, um, people do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so um, really value that, which I think has made me successful in my clinical practice. And when it comes to physicians, you know, if you met one physician, you met one physician. So the what is important to us varies based on specialty, based on um, our backgrounds, um, maybe even generationally. And so I think that, you know, as the approach that I've taken with our um, physicians as a leader has been very much validating um, voice and perspective um, and also you know, understanding that as a as a health system leader, there are lots of things that we uh, have to think of big picture. But what matters, and where can I uh, allow as much autonomy and promote as much autonomy and voice as possible, so that we get to the best result and ultimately value putting the patient in the center of what we do. I think should speak to and does speak to most physicians as the most important thing. And so, starting there usually is a great place for us. You start with really the goal, which is taking care of the, 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 
the patient. And let me ask you a question in terms of, you mentioned something about one-on-one relationships. And as an obstetrician-gynecologist, you have tons of actual one-on-one relationships with patients. As the leader of 2,700 physicians, how do you map out your leadership? Are there 10 to 20 core people that you work with that then work with the 2,700 physicians, plus trying to, of course, touch as many individual physicians as possible? How do you approach that leadership role? So it's got to be very different. You can't do it like you did as an OB-GYN where you see tons of patients a day, talk to each one of them individually, work with them to develop a close personal relationship. How do you scale that relationship building skill? Well, this is great. So I'll say that our, my practice, I've come from a, um, a larger group practice, and I chose that because I wanted to have some sense of uh, balance. Now we say integration with um, my you know, work and personal life and family life. And so I value being part of a group. And as an OBGYN, we actually share that accountability and the relationship with our patients. So even if they, they were my patient um, and they value the relationship, there's a, they have to develop relationships with my partners, given our call schedules and that we are uh, interdependent when it comes to um, taking care of the patient. And I'll have to be aligned on uh, our messaging to patients and consistent so we don't confuse them. So I would say that one of our strengths here at Navant Health is that we strongly value physician leadership and voice at all levels through the organization. So your, to your question, it's, a, it's an and. I personally um, engage our physicians as much as I can, whether it's through um, town halls, virtually this year, leveraging Zoom to be able to be face-to-face and actually allow people to hear straight from me, where are we, what are we doing, um, you know, where do we stand, what is important, and, and the direction we're going has been very impactful. Um, we do lots of communication um, whether it's podcasts like this or um, written communication. And then one of my favorite parts of my week is rounding. And I carve out time um, almost every week and sometimes more than once a week to actually go to our clinic spaces to meet people, to talk eye to eye, to have lunch with a group of physicians, APPs, and their clinic administrators so that I can actually understand, you know, what perspective, their perspective and and what challenges they may have. Um, And I leverage this team of physician leaders that um, have the pleasure of of leading um, that vary by specialty. And we're across multiple markets throughout North Carolina and and into Northern Virginia. So that, that just that that spatial um, challenge is um, something that we value having people who are more local, who are specialty specific, who can, I can empower, I blink is important as a leader to empower the teams that work with you so that they can be seen as um, uh, not just messengers, but truly leaders for their areas. And, and talk for a moment, you talked about rounding and so critical to staying connected and having your ear to the ground really knowing what's going on, how do you do that? Like if you have to check, what's the morale of our physician population? What are they thinking today? How do you keep your ear to the ground? How do you stay connected so that you sort of really have a feel for it and then guide the group in the direction that it needs to go? Yes, it takes a lot of intentionality, I would say, and and planning ahead of time. Almost all, I would say almost all of our physician leaders here, um, we still continue to practice, at least in some way, shape, or form. So I 
in practicing and being in my own clinic and around my teams as things evolve, um, as there may be an impact that I make as a leader, I mean, that I make uh, and, and it impacts our team, I get to kind of feel it in my practice. If there's a change in our epic EMR or anything, I get to feel what that's like to still be engaged in that. And so um, some of it's very local in that way. And then in you know, the intentionality of it is that I map out um, by, you know, market where I've been and where do I want to need to go and engage um, and and actually have that one-on-one -on -one conversation um, with our teams, um, whether it's the leader teams or the frontline physicians. And so, you know, what we value is the bi-directional conversation. You know, I can send out lots of information and inspirational messages and that, you know, I can even vouch out if I you know need it to, but the important thing is to hear from people some you know the real their perspective and to get that from a diverse group of people because one thing that I've realized over time is that if I wait only for people to step up and to you know um, to speak up when they are concerned or they don't like stuff. I'm going to get a very skewed perspective on things, and I don't want a small group to guide my thinking or to be the voice for a very diverse, complex medical group. Um, so I'd say that it takes a lot of intentionality on the front end um, for me to prioritize it and to make it not just a task, but something that's very important to my leadership and my success. At this point, on two-way communication, it's really about the most critical point, isn't it? Because some people think they're talking to people, but if they're not talking with them and really communicating with them, it, it, it doesn't really count. That's exactly right. There, there, there's another quote that we just used recently. It was like, the, I think it was the, the greatest myth about communication is the um, impression that it has occurred. <laughs> so the, um, you know, that that is, if I'm if I'm only sending out messages and I'm not receiving, then I'm not really able to formulate the best plans and to help us pivot when we need to and adjust things and 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 set our agenda, our strategy, um, in an effective way. And so I. I believe that you know, and no leader um, has all the answers, and we're not expected to. Um, we have to rely on our teams and those that we um, uh, lead to be able to help guide the direction and set the pace for how we are proceeding and what we can tolerate, you know, without breaking things. Let me ask you a question. Novant is really centered, at, you know, right in the core of North Carolina, and I know it's in other states now too. You as a whole entire organization have had tremendous leadership, tremendous growth. You yourself are a dyed-in-the-wool UNC Chapel Hill, Dean Smith, Zion Williamson, Tar Heel. <laughs> is, it, is it hard to deal with your Duke colleagues or is it okay? <laughs> so let's just say in the medical realm and in this leadership realm, I'd say it's okay. Um, <laughs> there's no rivalry. You have to, you know, you have to be here to understand that UNC Duke rivalry that we cherish, and um, you know, we have to understand that without a Duke, we couldn't have this, you know, this rivalry at all. Um, so on the on the 
sports level and for almost anything else, it's almost intolerable. But when it comes to my professional career and my colleagues who I value, who are doing wonderful things uh, at Duke in, in this realm, I have much respect and um, can overcome that for the sake of our patients. So, so let me ask you that question, really. Let me ask you that question. Can Duke graduates be good doctors as well? They they can. They can. We work with them, and they do quite well. <laughs> It's remarkable. Dr. Oliver, you're having a remarkable career. It is just a great pleasure to visit with you today and what you're doing at Novant Health and your entire leadership career. We'd love to have you back on as soon as we can. It is just a pleasure to visit with you today. Thank you very much for joining the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you so much, Scott.